straight from GP, brand to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets, these are voices for the people that don't get to speak, issues, black news, the conversation's deep, shout out to Slick I'm Nick, I'm going in on the beat, iPods, Androids, or your laptop, these boys swinging for the fence, saying lie, then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids, and now they at the top, you want facts, this is where I get them from, GP3, RTT, at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? Welcome to uh, round 93 It is round 93 of GP3, homies from the block. And uh, let me do a quick uh, a quick mic check for my boy, my partner in crime. Rand, are you in the house, man? Always, man, always. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to you, brother. Same to you, brother. Yeah, I got the um, big piece of chicken, uh, the, um, the, the tie, the long tie this time, not not the one that stops on the second button before your your belt and and pair of socks. I'm all good. Father's Day is is uh, is true to the word, so I'm happy. What about you, man? You know, this might be the this might be the best one I've gotten, man. Oh, in terms of my kids actually spent their own money. <laughs> they work in that. Yeah, they working so with one this, of them. This, one of them's working. Is... One's in school. So All right. Yeah, well both I'm working. So yeah, this is the best one I've gotten, man. I must uh, I must I must really feel appreciated today. There you go. You're driving them you driving them uh, a further distance now. So that's cool. Hey, we got a guest, man, and and uh, as I'm going to keep my word and and our guest has to dash off uh because she is not in Cleveland. She's in Milwaukee. Uh Lakeisha, you in the house? I am. <laughs> Lakeisha thinks I'm crazy because, um, you know, she has uh, Lakeisha. Well, she's a counselor, so she would know. Right. So uh, Lakeisha from from the Evolving Chair podcast. And um, I'm going to go to you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Let us do our housekeeping real quick, Lakeisha. And then we're going to we're going to get into um, some mental discussions, uh, you know, just about what's going on. And we appreciate you being on. Okay, Thank you for having me. uh, Oh, no problem. Hopefully you'll come back. That's that's our. I can't, I can't believe you miss you, you you confuse Cleveland with Milwaukee. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's a crime right there. Well, Pop. you know what? I, in our conversation, I mean, I mean, I mean you can't. I don't even know how you could justify that. Cleveland, Milwaukee. <laughs> well, you know, in our in our ju- it's kind of Midwest. Am I right? A close kind of. <laughs> no, no. If if if, if you if, if you've been to Cleveland and you've been to Milwaukee, there's a. It's it's black and white, and I got friends from Milwaukee. So damn, they they look they probably like what the hell? Oh, I'm sorry, what the heck? It's Sunday morning, and look, yeah. I mean, go to the, church, people so in Milwaukee we're... could deal with being closely linked to Chicago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so, so oh man, come on, man, come on. All right, he gonna he gonna beat me up all all morning, Lakeisha, all day. All right, uh, Rand, I'm gonna let you tell the folks why uh, we're called GP3. You go for it, man. 
Okay, we'll call GP3 because the three of us are from the Grove Park School in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we come from the Grove Park community, which is the 30318. It goes from Bankhead to Buckhead, uh, one of the most diverse zip codes in Atlanta. I'm Rand. I grew up on South Elizabeth Place. Uh, our third member, who's uh, an emeritus now, Tut, uh, he grew up on uh, Charlotte Place. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I was on uh, North Avenue and uh, proud to be here. That's where I grew up. So, um, you know, and, and we'll do our shout outs. Let's do our shout outs after um, after we get Lakeisha to, to talk a little bit about what she does and what's going on. Uh, first of all, um, Lakeisha Russell. Did I say that right? Because I'm, I'm bad at names. You, on you the no, you did. You said it correct. All right, cool. <laughs> LPC. She's the Evolving Chair podcast. And, you know, I, I really I, I follow a lot of podcasts on Twitter and on Instagram, and and she does a cool. What do you call it when you go you go Instagram Live, Lakeisha? And yes, and uh, she invites people on, and they ask questions. And and is it is it for other counselors or is it for just the general public to come just in? just for it could be. Um, there's usually therapists that hop on, but then there's you know just the general audience for my Mindful Mondays. I believe you're talking about. Yep, that's it. Um, yeah. That hop on, and like you said, they can come and ask questions. I usually like have a topic to kind of give people an idea of what questions they can ask, and then sometimes I'll have those days where it's like a free for all of whatever they want to know. Very cool. Okay. All right. So, uh, Lakeisha, let's see. Make sure she's still there. I hope she didn't fall off. Lakeisha, you still there? Okay. Rand, you there? Always, brother. <laughs> Always. So she'll come back. Um, but but just a little bit about Lakeisha. Uh, she's a licensed professional counselor, uh, mental health uh, speaker, uh, visionary founder of the Evolving Chair uh, podcast. Uh, and she calls herself the uh, America's mental wellness ambassador. Um, passionate about representing the face of mental health. She does a lot of community events, social media, et cetera. And, um, you know, one of the things she says, and, and she'll say this on her podcast and also on the uh, IG Live, um, you know, in order for individuals to evolve into their best self and to live, live their best life and to be able to fulfill their God-given purpose, there needs to be more dialogue um, around uncomfortable to get to the comfortable. So hopefully she's still there. I think um, she might, yeah, she might. I am. Yeah, might I don't know what different. was going on. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I told you that Wi-Fi. That's that Stephen Bannon. Steve Bannon. Ran. I swear, man. Her podcast, the, the, the revolving chair. She keeps going in and out on us, man. No, it, it's, oh, no. It's, it's 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 uh it's neutrality. It's net neutrality messing with us, man. That's what it is. Hey, but anyway, oh, um get off know. that Netflix. <laughs> Just eating up that bandwidth, eating it up. All right, um eating up your data. We're gonna talk about um and Rand, you know, let me. I'll start it off um, because uh, I asked Lakeisha to be on the show. But Rand, you and I have always had conversations just about the what do you call it—the state of just our mental wellness, man. And and even though we 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 joke about it, but I really believe uh, that a lot of what's going on in the country has something to do with the anxiety level, possibly. Um, Lakeisha, do you agree or disagree with that? I always bring no, that I, up. I def- 
I definitely agree. And I feel like um, I think I kind of touched on that like a few Mindful Mondays ago um, when somebody brought that up just about, you know, with the current presidency and um, all these different policies coming about and how that is heightening people's anxiety and stress. Yeah, because I I don't want to I don't want to get into um, the politics, let's, you know, stay on the, the, the wealth and the health, you know, the, the mental wellness part of it. But I guess one of the questions uh, that, that I would have is um, I know in a lot of cases, people need to be aware of what's going on. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer, uh, nor is Rand, that we should just stick our head in the tunnel or in, a, in the sand and ignore what's right. going on. But how do, how do you deal with the changes? And everything that's going on, because because one of the other things, and I'll, I'll bring this up too, when it comes down, I and and this is just my uh, how do you call it, my theory about what a lot of mm-hmm. people are feeling. I mean, Rand, don't you? Wouldn't you say like the Obama years were like euphoric to some extent? Mm. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, that's when we put our head in the sand. Yeah, I hate to say mm. that. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, um, there was so much hope that we had rose-colored lenses on. And I think uh, with this administration, it has uh, poked the bear, waking all of us up. And also, I think, in my opinion, it has um, uh, given notice to the fact is that mental health is a serious spectrum. Um, A lot of times we focus on the most extremes, but many of us, I would say over 85 percent of us have some mental health issue, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed. And a lot of times it's going untreated. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So how do, how do we deal? And, and just based on what we've said right now, what, what are your thoughts on that, Lakeisha? Um, so I always like to tell people, you know, to unplug, unplug from social media, unplug from the news, because when we take in so much of what we see in our communities and just what's going on nationwide, we, we take ownership of all of those things and we're carrying those burdens, right? Mm-hmm. And so then that's when we're kind of like extra sensitive to somebody maybe saying something, and be, but because of like their ignorance, they may not know what they are actually saying, but because we are so heightened because of everything we keep ingesting on a daily basis, you know, now we, we are definitely on like overload with our emotions, mm-hmm. you know, um, we're just extra and I don't want to say sensitive, but, you know, we're just more alert to things, okay. um, which can be negative for us because then we're just always thinking negatively about this population or that population um, or always thinking like somebody is um, um, after us, per se. Okay. And so one thing I like to share with people is unplug. It's OK to unplug on social media and in the news and not engage in those conversations every single day. So there's a side effect to wokeness <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I think what a lot of people don't realize openness is a two way street because you open yourself out when you express yourself, mm-hmm. it gives the invitation to others to comment on yourself. Yeah. yeah. And some of us can't take that. We think it's a one way street. Yeah. And yeah. and that's a big issue. And then, like, you know, Tommy, we've talked about this for a while, is that in so many of our communities, particularly in the, in the, in the poor communities, our citizens, our people are in areas where there's high PSTD. Yeah. yeah. And we don't and we don't acknowledge that. You know, we talk about the veterans and stuff, but imagine the kids in Chicago 
who have to go home every day and walk through that that landmine of of horror mm. every day. You know, when you got twelve year old kids already writing their wills. Wow. I mean, mm. some of the coping skills that these kids have had to develop, and unfortunately, the adults around them are having the same issues, and they can't help each other. Lakeisha, how do you deal with that? How, I mean, you do you have? I guess if you looked at a percentage, what percentage of your patients are coming in? based on environmental issues that are affecting their, their mental well-being. And when, be I say, honest, when I say, when I say, one of them. when I say environmental, exactly what Rand's talking about. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every single yeah. one. Nope. Wow. Every single one of them, um, yeah. especially the kid, you know, because um, they can't choose right their environments that they're exposed to. And oftentimes um, how I explain it to the adults and the parents is, you know, many of them don't even know because this is generational stuff. So like, you know, they're used to it. Mm-hmm. And so now they um, have exposed their children to this environment. But again, they don't even know better. The parents don't know any better because they weren't never educated on you know how important it is for your kids not to see you know what I mean like um, physical aggression or um, being emotionally traumatized by something you know so they don't even understand those things until they come meet with me and we're having those conversations of how real trauma is and how it impacts the brain and how it impacts the whole family and not just the individual but every single individual I service is impacted by environmental trauma. Wow. And the thing about trauma, we many times people always think of like the extremes of like, you know, sexual abuse, domestic violence, but literally trauma is that thing that it has impacted you emotionally um, and mentally. So, you know, it, anything can be traumatizing to somebody mm. um, if it has that lasting impact. You know, for other people, something to this magnitude may, may not be considered traumatizing to them, but for somebody else, it can be. So it isn't always those extremes that we think of mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or that we see on TV. Yeah. Well, right, because yeah, I mean, yeah. just think about the, the, the microaggressions that African-Americans face on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's like a needle. Uh, it keeps pricking you over and over and over again. And at the, some point, it, it, it reaches its toll. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me share this with you guys. Um, Rand and I talk about growing up in, in, in the Grove Park area of the ATL. Mm-hmm. And, and Rand may or may not know this, but I grew up in a foster in a, in a foster in a group home. And, uh, mm. you know, the, the first part of my life was foster care and, and group homes. So I look at, uh, you know, a lot of the issues because, I mean, I saw things I didn't. I mean, and, and quite frankly, you guys, I was lucky when I look at mm. uh, some yeah. of what other kids I, I wasn't like Oliver Twist, you know, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, you saw things and you dealt with things. And I happened to be in a household where you had, you know, a group home mother. And her daughter. And they were very protective of the kids who came in and out. But within that family, there was still, uh, you know, issues like, uh, what do you call it? Manic depression, you know, manic depression. There are a lot of things going on. So you see that. And also you see it in people that come and go. And and, and I had an interview, um, God, what was it, a couple of months ago with Matthew Knowles. And he talked about growing up. He has a, a book, Racism Through the Eyes of a Child. And it kind of goes to what you were talking about, Ram, when it comes down to children seeing things, because he did therapy. He had to do therapy, and he admitted 
that later in life, because of what he dealt with, you've got old uh, an older generation that <clears throat> had to go through forced busing, and and that's traumatic. When you look at, uh, you know, when, when you know, well, Rand will do the, uh, you know, Today in History and talk about um, the, um, God, you know, Alabama, you know, Brown versus Board of Education. Well, the, the most recent one we talked about is Little Rock incident. Oh, absolutely. You know, so even now when you see these kids on the border and, and Rand and I'll talk mm-hmm. about this when we talk politics, I just I just think as a black community, we're dealing with so much out of just our childhood, you know, and, and, and I, yes. you know, and, and it just seems like a lot of that's being carried forward. You, you think, um, I mean, and, and I agree, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a lot environmental. I just don't know, you know, one of, one of the things, I mean, it took a self-realization on my part to say, look, okay, you know, here are things and I have to acknowledge, but do you think in the black community, there's enough self-realization beyond, you know, everybody talks about maybe sexual abuse and things like that, but some things are just PTSD that affect you that even bullying, you know? So how do you deal mm-hmm. with that? How do you, how do you handle it? I mean, what do you, I mean, when, when you like, let's say a client comes in, what do you tell I mm-hmm. mean, And you've had a session. What do you wind up? What do you see as the, uh, it, not a verdict, but as the solution for most of, and, and, and there's no clear cut blanket, but what do you see most of the time right. as a solution? for these situations? Oh, um, the, the solution, honestly, is continuing to do the work and increasing that self-awareness yeah. and self-actualization piece and educating, yeah. you know, because, um, again, our community, the black community is used to being like, Oh, you know, I'm used to that. Like that doesn't affect me or bother me, but it's like, mm, actually it does because when you're cursing out the teacher or when you and your husband are going through and you're arguing, arguing over different things, let's look at what is that underlining root of those issues. Mm. And usually it stems from something traumatic, something that they have not overcome, you know, whether it was, um, in their childhood, if I'm talking to an adult yeah. and they're still holding on to those different pieces and tidbits of things and carrying it, it over into other relationships or whether it's the child and, you know, what they're exposed to on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. And they can't they can't articulate the words of how they're feeling, how they're frustrated, how they're scared. Right. Because every initial response we see is anger. Every time somebody is like, oh, I'm so angry. But OK, I always like to say anger is the mask. Let's let's unmask that and get to the root, because once you start to dig and find you find that people are like really frustrated or they're really scared or disappointed, you know, or wishing that this wasn't their life. Um, so I think the solution really is the continuous of the education piece and giving people the language. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the emotional vocabulary, yeah. um, so they can express how they feel. So is it, is it, does that include any meds? Not that you have to get specific, but, um, okay. go ahead. So, um, for me and and how I operate, um, 
I, I medication usually isn't my, my go-to. You know, we try to handle it um by, by doing doing the work in therapy. But if I see that uh like it's something that's still blocking it, whether it be like true ADHD, um, where you are inattentive and you can't focus and your brain is like scattered and all over the place, you know, I might suggest like, hey, you know, maybe connect with a psychiatrist um and have them evaluate because maybe a little bit of something will help be able to calm you down enough so we can do the work in therapy, but doing the work in therapy along with the medication. So not just one over the other either. Um, but then sometimes how trauma presents, trauma can mask itself as ADHD as well, even though that medication will help calm down um, your brain and things like that for us to do the work. But, but, when you're calm enough, we can really see what the root of different things are, whether it be trauma or like the true ADHD type of thing or depression. So sometimes um, I, I do suggest maybe a little bit of medication, but not all the time, not every single person. Okay. Rand, you got anything to add on that? Well, I think, I think uh, Lakeisha is, is on point. I mean, we, we, we got to, first of all, we got to educate people so they can be aware of this. And so people can start spotting uh, symptoms or signs or triggers or whatever that is. So we can start the process. And unfortunately with this administration, the way they're getting uh, medical health care insurance and stuff is leaving so many of us vulnerable. Uh, you know, their mental health uh, facilities, public in these public health facilities, but they're cutting those positions. So um, it's, it's traumatic. I mean, uh, I, I do some consulting with some of the HBCUs and they're struggling right now because uh, think about this. These HBCUs are bringing in kids from all over the country and all right. these kids come from different communities. And in these communities, these kids have different coping, i.e. survival skills. Mm. Yeah. So you so you putting people with multiple survival skills and multiple problem solving skills on one campus. And guess what? It becomes like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. OK, so so you got a kid from St. Louis who who's, who knows how to survive in St. Louis, you bring him here to Atlanta, then he has a kid from Miami who has the same dynamics from Miami, and you put him on the campus, and guess what? A conflict happens. Mm. They don't know how to resolve it in a constructive way. What they do, they go back to their value system. Yeah. And mm. in some instances, not the best. And that's one of the reasons, quite honestly, they don't want to talk about is that why HBCUs are having a hard time retaining and graduating kids because these kids having a hard time uh, making adjustments um, in, in another environment and no one is there to help them because they don't have the resources. Wow. Mm, yeah. One, one other question, because I know you got to prepare to roll, um, Lakeisha, but uh, the high profile suicide, you had, um, you know, Kate Spade, uh, the designer um, who killed herself yeah. the early part of last week. And then um, Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, killed himself. How does that impact um, what you do as, as a counselor? Um, I'm, I'm just curious when, when, when the high profile situations come up, I know in a, in a lot of cases, people, you know, always mention, well, just because they're high profile doesn't mean, you know, we need to give them all that attention. We need to pay attention to everybody's issues, but how does that, does that help your uh, ability to maybe get people to come in and admit that they're having those thoughts or how, how does that impact what you do? Mm, well, I would say definitely with these two instances, um, 
in particular, um, because I have the National Mental Health Checkup Day going on, um, I noticed, like, as soon as, like, the news um, about the two dying by suicide came out, people were sharing that event like crazy Mm. and just... um, connecting for people just to make sure they share about what's going on. And it's, you know, don't be ashamed of going to see a therapist. There's nothing wrong. So I felt like it almost helped encourage more people. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other piece of it, you know, um, excuse me, we do have um, individuals that are looking at more of the external things. So the outward things and are just like, oh, but you know, they just seem so happy because they had this, that, and the third. But yeah, having all those external factors don't mean much if, if our, if internally we are not happy or content with who we are or where we are in this, um, this space, you know? And so for me though, um, these high profile cases, I think it just emphasizes again that education to people to understand, you know, just be okay with sharing, you know, and again, checking on people and, and having just having those conversations about mental health within your group. So mm-hmm. among your family and your friends, just having it part of your everyday conversation. So that way, as if people are going through, then they're hearing you talk about like, man, you know, like it's okay just to talk to somebody or even if you come to them with something, I think that helps reinforce is like, man, it's okay for me to share. So I have nothing to be ashamed about. Mm. You know, this won't tarnish my brand or how I'm perceived in the community. But again, people having more of those conversations on a daily basis, not just when something happens, Mm. um, every single day you should be talking about your mental health in your group. Because, you know, somebody is going through something, whether they saying it or not. Yeah. And so just again, uh, reiterating, just having those conversations every single day in your group. Yeah. Lakeisha, you're in you're in Milwaukee uh, and you've got a big event coming up uh, next mm-hmm. week. Uh, can you share that info? Yeah. 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 And so. um the National Mental Health Checkup Day, um, it is just that. And that was inspired um, me having a conversation with my friend, you know, and I'm always trying to think of different ways to be creative, um, to engage the audience on how important it is to talk about mental health um, and that it's okay to see a therapist um, and just to talk about how you feel, especially among the minority communities. Mm -hmm. And so um, this event allows individuals to have one free 30 minute face-to-face consultation with a therapist and it's five therapists um, total, including myself, that is a part of this day. And so we're just allowing people that opportunity to come with your questions with the therapist, even if you are battling something and you're like, man, I really need to talk to somebody. This is allowing you that opportunity. This is allowing that opportunity for you to get a feel of what it's like to be in therapy with the therapist and to see a therapist that look like you. Because I hear that so much where people are like, but you know, there's no, there's, I don't know many therapists that look like me. I want a therapist that look like me. And it's like, I'm bringing it to y'all now, you know, um, to, to give y'all a taste of what what it can be like when you step out of fear mm. and 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 you totally put yourself first to evolving into your best self. So this is what this event is doing, allowing people that opportunity um, to meet with us and people that look like them. And um, I'll actually be bringing it to North Carolina in August. So I'm excited about this. So we taking this like um, nationwide. So. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> We're going to bring you here. 
<laughs> we need to. I'm ready. I'm ready. Y'all let me know. Y'all let me know. Well, very cool. Hey, um, how can people get in touch with you also? Uh, let, let people know all your, your IG stuff and your podcast. How can people connect with you? Yeah, so they can listen to the podcast, The Evolving Chair podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you stream your podcast. And actually, I finished season two um, last week. So I'm I'm on a little hiatus, but, you know, people can definitely go back and check out seasons one and season two. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at The Evolving Chair, on Twitter, The Evolving Chair without the R, on Facebook. Um, the Evolving Chair and be a part of the group, the Evolving Chair group as well. Very cool. Rand, you got anything else? Because we got to let her out of here. She, um, she well, said, I, know, she said, yeah, I gotta she go gotta to go church. Go, gotta hit the word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, Lakeisha, uh, I just want to thank you for all of what you're doing. I mean, I think what you're thank doing is you. needed and we need more evangelists like you across the country. Um, your event coming up, um, please, if, if you know someone in the area uh, that needs some help, please send them to Lakeisha's site so they can get more information about coming to the event and hopefully speaking with someone that can help help them find their North Star. So thanks. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Lakeisha. Thank you for having you, me. Uh, and happy hey. Father's Day to the both of you. Thank you very much. And, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll get through uh, praise and worship and get straight to the word. Don't worry about it. If you know. <laughs> That's yes, right. it's all good. It'll be on DVD. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Lakeisha, thank you again. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. All right. Take bye-bye. care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. So, dude, uh, you know, good stuff. And 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 I'm always, man, really amazed at uh, the level of quality, man, uh, podcast out there. And, and, and I just want to shout out all the podcasts, man, people out there doing stuff, um, really lending uh, voices to the African-American community because, you know, we don't, and you and I talk about the lack or the uh, diminishing black media. Um, so these things are good. And and I, 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 I love to see that kind of stuff happening in the community, man, taking a break from, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, the frivolity. It's cool to be, have fun and do all that. But, um, you know, there, there's some topics we got to deal with, some stuff we got to deal with. So, yeah, agree with you, man. Yeah. All right, Rand, you got any shout-outs before we jump into some stuff, man? Well, uh, I got a couple events that happened. You know, um, the, 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 the James Weldon Johnson was born on this day in 1871. You know, all you lift every voice and sing, he yeah. pinned it now. Beyonce don't own the rights to it. He <laughs> pinned it. Okay? Hey, Rand, I try to uh, explain to somebody because uh, what I tell people is we grew up in ATL, so that Grove Park experience was black. That we would sing... Uh, lift every voice and sing almost at every every school event. Was it every uh, assembly? You might as well say, yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, was, James Weldon Johnson went to Clark College. Ah, uh, well, it was he big in the in the in Atlanta. We sang it all the time. You know, right. I mean, right. we, you know, first uh, and sometimes second verse. So go ahead. Uh, James Brown was born on this day. The Godfather. Hey. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mrs. Huxtable, Felicia Rashad was born on this day. Yeah. Uh, in 1972, Watergate began to break in happen. Oh, Lord. A brother. Uh, Venus. Yeah. In 1980, Venus Williams was born on this day. Yeah. And when I say a brother, when I say a brother regarding Watergate, um, the black security guard spotted it. It ruined his career. Yeah. It ruined his career. Yes, it did. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, the juice was on the loose on the freeway with AC Cowan. Wow. I remember that day. Damn. Mm. What else you got, man? That's it, man. That's it. Oh, um, I want to give a shout out to a classmate of ours, um, LaVita. LaVita. She had a birthday this week. Did she listen to the podcast? I, I saw LaVita a couple of years ago at, at um, one of our teachers. It's amazing when you see your seventh grade teacher having a birthday party. Miss um, Floyd, the famous Miss Floyd. I, I saw her there. So shout out to LaVita mm-hmm. if she does listen to the podcast. Okay, cool. What else you got, yeah. man? That's it, man. Very cool. Um, next week, we, we're going to have uh, a different 50 on the show. Um, the AD50 podcast, um, Don and Leslie, they're up in Jersey. And, you know, we'll talk about some stuff, but they, um, you know, they are a 50-something podcast. And, um, you know, talk, might talk some music because it's Black Music Month. I, I said, you know, you know, they're in that New York area and, and some great music and stuff came out of that. So with it being Black Music Month, we might deal with that and some other stuff as well. Cool. cool. Cool, man. Um, Rand, uh, topics, man. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this whole separation at the border argument that's going on? What, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? Well, um, I like the way how the Republicans are trying to blame somebody else when, quite honestly, they can control the agenda uh, in terms of the legislative agenda to develop policies uh, to uh, to stop this. Yeah. And, and what I what I don't like about this is how uh, the administration. This is the second or third time they are using kids as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. All this is about is if you want us to stop this policy, build me. Let me build my wall. Okay. Yeah. The other one is about the chips. The, the, you know the health care for the kids. You know is dealing with Obamacare. Mm. Again, this is very gangster. Uh, dictator banana republic stuff right here you know uh these guys can stop this it's simple yeah. they can easily stop this jeff session was the one who put the policy in place all you have to do is tell jeff change the policy obama had nothing to do with this democrats had nothing to do with this yeah one one of the things and i was reading uh new york magazine and i'll pull a couple of clips from it um you know because 45 is trying to avoid responsibility um He's he's really, you know, but a new report confirms that uh, he and his advisors have been considering the measures for as long as they've been in power. So it, it, it was even before. And the big name that's coming up and in, in, in our, our podcast listeners are going to hear this name. And you really need to focus on who this guy is and understand who it is. Stephen Miller. Uh, he is the senior policy advisor. Uh, he's really instrumental in this in convincing the president to enact the policy. Um, and, and of course it's a zero, po- uh, zero tolerance policy, uh, on, 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 well, I'm sorry, undocumented immigrants. Um, and while, and, and what he said was, and I'll go into, you know, just kind of give you an idea, uh, while some members of the Trump administration have really been uneasy about it, here's what Miller said. He said it was a simple decision by the administration to have a zero tolerance policy for illegal entry period. Uh, and that's what he told the New York Times. And the message is that no one is exempt from immigration law. Let me tell you, so, um, and one of the things that came up, Rand, and, and I, I follow, what's his name? Jo- uh, Josh, uh, one of the reporters on Twitter. When when this guy was in high school, um, he had uh, Mexican 
I think Mexican friends. I think he may have he may have grown up on on the West Coast, so he had uh, Hispanic friends. And uh, he told at one point his Hispanic friends that he couldn't be friends with them anymore because of his beliefs. And in, in, in addition to that, you know how you write stuff in people's you have stuff in people's yearbooks. And and, um, you know, people remembering people from high school. Uh, there are people who say they remember him as, as being the meanest person they've ever met, <laughs> even to this day. So that's what you're dealing with. That's what you got dealing with this issue with kids. Go ahead, Rand. Well, first of all, it's nothing illegal. These people coming, these people not doing anything illegal. Okay. They're not, they're asking for asylum. They're not doing it. They're not breaking any laws. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I mean, so let, let's, you know, let's kind of change that narrative. These, these people are, are not doing any. And by the way, illegal immigrations have, have plummeted. They were plummeting during the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I, you know, this whole, this whole scapegoat strategy of, of, of finding someone to blame for for failures is 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 is, is, is systemic with this this uh, this administration. Well, you know, I was watching um, the Sunday shows. Uh, you know, we tape on Sunday, and um, one of the big things that you see consistency uh, in uh, is that they're really looking to appeal to their base. Everything. It's all about doing, the base. This is all about the base. This isn't about outreach this is about the base and that's that's what they're focused on they're they're, they're saying it's kind of like you're a marketing guy um you hear that you hear that uh slogan super serve your core <laughs> they, they are super serving their core to the fullest you know that's the way they think they'll win so it's, right. gonna, it's gonna be interesting man it's gonna be interesting uh moving on because we got some other th things to deal with i'll just be brief and try to break it up a little bit um on the brief side, on the light side, um, Bay and Jay, uh, Beyonce and, and Jay-Z, uh, just in the, in the midst of everything, dropped their new album. Um, you know, they're touring with the OTR2 tour. And I know you heard about it, right? Because you got the you got uh, a legion of beehivers over there. Yeah, you? and you know, she's about to drop a solo um, herself uh, the week of uh, July 4. Wow. Okay, so that's smart because... One of the things when I saw the the fact that she did the album with Jay, I knew that her fan base was really pushing for her to do something on her own. So that's smart on their part. And you know what, Rand? It's good for Tidal, if anything. I think Tidal needs that infusion. Um, in addition to, you know, the album that just dropped, I guess you're talking about on July 4th, um, you know, uh, Beyonce dropping her album, Maxwell dropped a new single, uh, on uh, we never saw it coming, um, but he dropped the video exclusively for title. So hopefully, I mean that's good for Jay Z, man. I hope uh, you know more artists are willing to give him exclusive. Um, you know, people try to drag the platform through the mud. Come on, it, it's it, it's one of the few platforms we still have that's owned, you know, by a brother. So I subscribe. I need to go ahead and pay my dues and continue to do it. But you know, I'm, I'm deleting some some folks I really don't use. So maybe you know, I, I definitely check them out. I still have them on my phone. But when it comes down to the exclusives, uh, you know, a lot of the exclusives, I, I, you know, that come down, you know, who, you know, who gets you know, who gets the subscription in the house. Right. Millennial. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so oh, I, yeah. I give I, I give that to millennial. So, um, again, Bay and Jay, I guess, Jay, uh, you know, the new Maxwell video is on. Have you checked out the Maxwell? 
No, no, I haven't checked out the Maxwell. I mean, we my, my Beehive they are title subscribers, so uh, yeah. Uh, when when I can get on title, I, I will check it out. Yeah, it's a video, and and honestly, the song, I mean, it's one of those slow kind of like uh, this woman's work feel to it. It's more of a almost like the score to the video. So I guess you have to really watch it with the video to, to appreciate it. Uh, other stuff, man, big movies came out. Did you check out Superfly? Are you hear about anybody who saw it? Nah, man. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Ron O'Neill was super fly to me. This little boy right here, I don't know who the hell he is, man. So, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You know, he's on Blackish, man. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I, I give him credit, man. You know, but my mother would say, why are you, why are you going to a movie glorifying a pimp? So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a pimp that's turned his life around. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Incredibles came out this week. Incredibles 2 just killed it. $180 million. Um, definitely eclipsed Incredibles 1. Uh, hell of a debut for a Disney, uh, you know, uh, movie, um, animated movie. Another win for Pixar. And and I'll just mention the other movie, Gotti. That's a long yeah. gap between The Incredibles to The Incredibles 2. Dude, 14 years. Yeah, that's a long gap, man. And, and we were talking about that. I was talking uh, to Lady J and, and, and Millennial about the fact that it's been 14, it's 14 years. Because typically... You know, with Pixar, it may take, what, five years or so? Because they did it with the Toy Story franchise, where they it takes a while to do the animation. The only thing I can really sum it up to, because, you know, Samuel Jackson's in it, right? And he has so much stuff going on. You know, um, he's probably, he was probably the biggest factor. Because you couldn't do an Incredibles 2 without, where's my super suit? You had, you know, you got to have uh, Samuel, man. You got to, so... You know, he has so many movies. You look at the number of movies he does. He probably was part, not not to say that he held it up, but they, they might have, you know, stretched it out a bit just to make sure they could get him back, you know. So, you know, it's it, it's doing hellacious, man. It's big. So uh, on another note, man, a couple of couple of things. Uh, Warner Media, uh, Time Warner and AT&T, the merger went through. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, we were talking about the whole Disney and Fox thing. Right after that happened, Comcast made a $65 billion cash offer for 20th Century Fox. And their intent is to throw off Disney from um, the $52 billion stock offer. And Disney's thinking about it because it may not, considering, you know, Comcast owns NBC. So the NBC folks are going after the Fox. They won't get Fox News and... Fox Sports, but they'll get the uh, 21st Century Fox catalog, you know. So big money, man, and, and we're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of mergers happening. Um, by the way, man, we were talking about the um, all the NBA stuff, and um, SportsMediaWatch.com said this year's final was the lowest rated um, and least watched since 2014, and of course that was the last uh, time the event did not include. Uh, Golden State and Cleveland. It was the Spurs and the Heat. Um, and it snapped a streak of three straight years in which NBA Finals delivered its largest audience since 1998. And of the 20 NBA Finals since 1998, this year's series ranks 13th in ratings and eighth in viewership. Um, I can believe that. that that's, that's, not easy. that's not easy to doubt right there. I mean, yeah. um, Cleveland didn't have a strong team. Yeah, true. If, if if Cleveland would have had a superstar team like um, 
the Houston Rockets, mm -hmm. I think you would have seen greater viewership. But this was basically uh, uh, LeBron and in the, in the Seven Dwarfs out there. Yeah. Speaking of LeBron, you think? Um, what do you think? Where Where is he going? Uh, he's going to go somewhere where he can win now. Mm. Uh, Any team? He got. It's been 15 years. Um, you know, and he has to. For some of the teams that could really use him, mm -hmm. they might have to dismantle parts of the team for him to be a part of. Not not for contractual reasons, but just style of play. For example, uh, Philadelphia would love to have him, but the problem is he and the young point guard, Ben Simmons, both need the ball. Yep. You know, um, I could see Boston being a good place for him. Oh, man, Kyrie, Kyrie ain't going to stay. That will link him up with, with uh, Kyrie. Again, I don't think Kyrie would like that. No, he he, uh, he he's he's not gonna he's not gonna let that happen. Right. Um, uh, you could. They say he's gonna sit down and have a talk with the Warriors. Yeah, he'll talk, oh. but that's about it. No, um, that ain't gonna happen. Either. The, the 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 Lakers, the Lakers would have to make it attractive. They would have some other guys would have to commit with him to go to the Lakers. Well, what I I I think the Lakers are gonna be the team. They, and, and from what I've been hearing, what is it, Paul George? And yeah, he, and he's an L.A. boy, too, so that would be great for him to head back home. Yeah, and one other player, and I forgot his name. Not um, he, He's big, but Paul George and, and uh, LeBron and one other player they're talking about pulling in to possibly make that happen. So Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and, and the interesting thing about that is that he would have to go through both Houston and Golden State in order to make the finals. Mm. Where in the East, he will not have to deal with either of those teams until the finals. Wow. Okay. I heard Miami might be. I heard Miami might be back on the radar. So. Oh no, that'd be the worst. That'd be the worst. That's just like anticlimactic, man. I'd hate that. I, yeah. I think it's an LA. I think if he goes to LA, man, that's huge. I think him and Magic, him being uh, there with Magic as GM, could be a could be a great thing for for them. We could turn LA around. Cool. All right, man. White House turns. I'm just gonna glance through, just kind of breeze through it, man. Um, uh, the summit that that happened this week. Uh, what's your verdict? What are, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that the guy from North Korea won in terms of he got what he wanted. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was definitely more PR than anything else. I mean, hell, they had trailers to it, movie. I mean, you know, it was it's it was a meet and greet. That's what it really was yeah. with no substance at all. No substance. And whatsoever. quite honestly, yeah. um, the agreement that he signed has less teeth than the than the what is it, the Iraq deal that which he vetoed, which he destroyed. Yep. So it's, you know, again, it's the little the rocket man. He did all right. It's a way it was a, you know, honestly, it was a, a PR. It, more, right. it was more of a PR stunt, you know, than, than it right. was effective. So, and Russia you know, and China made out to. Yeah. Uh, because th their role of dividing the Western powers, they're on track. They're back on schedule now. So true. So true. Uh, of course, 45's birthday was this week, and he got a big birth, yeah. big birthday present from the New York Attorney General. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, basically, uh, they filed suit against him 
and his three eldest kids uh, alleging uh, persistently legal content uh, conduct uh, at their uh, personal charity, saying uh, 45 repeatedly misused the nonprofit to pay for business creditors, uh, to decorate one of his golf clubs, uh, and to stage a multi-million dollar giveaway at the 2016 campaign. Um, in the suit, um, it was uh, she was on the actually on TV. Barbara Underwood, the the uh, AG of New York, asked the state judge to dissolve the uh, the foundation. You know, so you know she said that they should do away with it. And she well, asked, you know, "Go ahead." Well, you know, the IRS is going to get involved too. Yeah, it's been turned because, over to the IRS. Yeah, because you know when uh, people owed him money, mm-hmm. they would actually pay the nonprofit, so that would not be counted as earned income. Wow. On his on his part, in addition to that, the creditor would receive a tax deduction, a mm. tax break. Mm. So this was this was well orchestrated. This was not a uh, this was not a, a something that he came up with. This was probably one of his his lawyers or something like that came up with this strategy right here. So, yeah. well, she asked uh, the uh, the AG uh, Barbara Underwood asked that. Um, it's remaining one million in assets be distributed to other charities, and that forty five be forced to pay at least two point eight million in restitution and penalties. And the other thing, as you mentioned, uh, it's also being turned over to a higher level, which would be the IRS and and one other government entity to investigate. So it's not over. Um, it, you're going to be hearing about it more. Uh, the other thing, of course, um, that that uh, everybody's talking about is the uh, your, your your good buddy Comey. Um, the IG released a report on FBI DOJ DOJ handling of Clinton email uh, 2016 election investigation. Um, you know, you had the FBI text that included uh, the fact that they were saying they were going to stop Trump from becoming president. The the key finding in this ran. Um, that we, you and I have always talked about. And, and because, you know, I don't know if folks know if they're just joining this podcast, we started this podcast leading up to the 2016 election. It was one of the big reasons we started it because we wanted to keep people informed on a weekly basis of what was going on. And what it said was Comey violated the norms, but not, uh, they say it was not politically motivated, uh, no bias. Um, the president of course kept saying, uh, it does. And the report said, no, it was not biased. Uh, and he continues to paint himself as a victim, both Comey and 45, which really and 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 I don't know why he keeps talking about no collusion, because the report has nothing to do with Russia and the collusion investigation at all. Right. So and I, what's interesting just, is that that's just Comey, one of the norms he violated was that Corman, Comey did not listen to his black female. Boss. Yes. Yes. And that that, quite frankly. The, that just shows a level of disrespect. And, and right. I can't paint. So when, he, yeah. so when he goes to Howard University and get booed, oh. don't, 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 don't cry. Why'd they even invite him? Why'd they even invite him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, well, I, I, Howard is a mess, man. It's a mess. So, but yeah. So, you know, it's like, Hey, you didn't listen to the black woman. She told you, she told you what to do. Yes. And so total disrespect. Not, it's, it's listening to her. Yeah. He has to take responsibility for the government we have today because, you know, it threw the election. Yeah, but we 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 give him a reward of a book deal and put him on the lecture circuit and he'll probably be be teaching at Harvard. So 
amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing, man. Uh, your boy Cohen, he, uh, his attorney said farewell. He may be flipping. And the funny thing about this is, you know those documents he was shredding? They put them back together. <laughs> so it's yeah. like... They, they, got a, they got a team of people that, that they specialize in that. They, oh. If you tell them... If you tell them the type of shredder you have, yeah, they know the exact crosscut pattern it does, <laughs> okay. and they put the and they and they get in that mindset of okay, we know how to do this. You know the funny thing somebody said I was watching, you know, bouncing around between the news uh, that you know all the different news uh, shows, and one of the guys, the expert, said you need to upgrade your, sh- your shredder. He's <laughs> like, he's a news news flash. Don't use a cheap. Shredder, you know, he probably got something at Office Depot, a little nineteen ninety nine well, shredder. You know, he, you know, he's such a low rent guy, man. I mean, you, you, I mean, think about. Yeah, he probably has scissors or something. But go ahead. Yeah, Crazy. yeah. So, but you know, one reason why he's flipping is he's he's running out of money. Yeah, and he he can't pay all those guys. And, and right, I mean, those guys are like a million bucks a week. Oh, you know, <laughs> I mean, so you know, he he doesn't have the money in. And, you know, the president can throw up all these smoke signals and stuff. But remember, most of his stuff is, is not federal. It's state level stuff. Yeah. The issues that, that he's dealing with. So the president can't pardon him. If the president could pardon him, remember, Cohen loses the fifth, the, 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 the invoked the fifth, the power of the fifth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he, he cannot say the fifth. So he has to talk. So, you know, this is to your point. This is really jacking, jacking people up. Mm. And the Manafort mess, man. Um, they arrested you. I mean, of course, we tape on Sunday. They they arrested him this past Friday uh, for witness tampering. Uh, he was using uh, an encrypted message uh, app and and using some encrypted message messaging. Or or he what he would do, I think, from what I heard was he was putting like draft emails and not sending them and giving people access to the draft emails. Um, you know, so he wouldn't be caught sending the emails. And um, the other crazy thing about this, Rand, is 45 is standing out front saying, I don't know this guy. (laughs) Here we go again. It's like he only worked for me 49 days when the truth is he worked for him 144 days. No, no, no. No, that's not it. What? He lived in Trump Tower for 10 years. Oh, I don't know this guy. And and he worked. He was working longer than uh, was it Kellyanne and Bannon. Yeah, right. It's right. amazing. But but the the more amazing thing is, and it speaks to maybe we should. I, I was hoping uh, Lakeisha could have stayed along because that that gaslighting is real, and and it's it's a psychological thing. It, it is. I mean, it's psychological warfare. And if you're not strong enough to kind of fight through some of the gaslighting. You'll sit there and say, oh, he's right. Oh, but you have to do your check on everything he says. You really do. It's it's sad. Right. It's sad that we can't believe the words coming out of his mouth. It's it's really well, sad. I mean, that's that's the sad thing. Here it is. We haven't had one major event yet, and we can't believe a word he says on, on, on trivial things. I mean, I candidly, I would love to give any president the benefit of the doubt to respect the office. But based on the amount, the number of untruths that have just been uncovered, you could go to the New York Times. They keep a running record of it. You can't trust anything. You can't trust anything right. anymore. 
Right. You can't trust him. And so if if he lies here, imagine what world leaders think of him. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the tariff thing with China? Any Anything to it or is it pure negotiating? Uh, well, first of all, it's a couple things. One, the, the, the intellectual copyright theft, that's a whole nother issue. That has nothing to do with tariffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other issue right there. Um, the, the bottom line is uh, he's actually hurting his base. Mm, yeah, he is. He's hurting his base. Um, you know, we we spend a lot from China. We buy a lot from China. And trust me, they could. There are other countries that that, that they could spend more time with. Well, the big now, thing is when you look at. How many, how many, I'd say probably 70% of the products you buy in Walmart are Chinese made or from, mm-hmm. you know, from clothing just across the board. Um, so if, if you love low prices and this thing really ramps up, it's going to affect low prices on, on a lot of these discount goods. You know? See, the, the hope is that it will encourage onshore manufacturing here in America. Mm-hmm. But but the problem is if we did manufacturing here in America, in order to stay competitive, the wage rates would be lower than minimum wage. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, quite frankly, that's the flaw. That's the flaw right. in the, in this whole philosophy because, you know, the folks over in China, they ain't getting paid. They not I mean they're getting paid, but it's what? Yeah. What a dollar a day or something like that. I mean, it's it's something ridiculous. And so, so his base believes that well, that means America's first. That means we're going to create more jobs here. Mm -hmm. No, if we do create more jobs here, they're going to be jobs that are going to be so low, and that you're going to like, oh my God, I'm not going to work for that. Yeah, and wages are already Uh, aren't wages aren't going up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's there's certain guidelines that we have here in America. So it's a Mm. Yeah, and it's really going to affect. You know, you're talking about states, the agricultural states and manufacturing states. It's going to impact them dramatically. I saw an article the other day um, in in Wall Street, um, not Wall Street, but Washington Post, about a guy. He said he was he was about to get this deal. Then when Trump put the tariffs in place, now he has to lay off people because he can't he he can't compete. Wow, amazing! All right, just let Mueller let Mueller do his thing. You know, I'm hopeful. Hey, man, one quick thing, because I know you deal with a lot of colleges and institutions. What do you think about this um, Asian American suing Harvard? Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and for folks who don't know, and, and I pull this from NPR, uh, there's a battle over the role of race in Harvard's admissions policies. And a group uh, that is suing uh, Harvard, uh, it, it basically says Harvard lowers the rankings of Asian American applicants in a way that they feel is unconstitutional. Um, Harvard says that its admission policy is legal, and it notes that the plaintiff group, the Students for Fair Admissions, is backed by the same activists who previously challenged the University of Texas's uh, affirmative action policy. And uh, what are your thoughts, man? You you know much about that, or what are you hearing? Well, I I don't know much about it, but I, I do know when it comes to the, first of all, people need to understand the missions process is subjective, yeah. period. It is subjective, period. You have to understand that. Yeah. It is subjective. And they only have so many beds at the school that that, that they can only, they only have spots for that. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be pissed. That means a lot of people. Well, their their argument away. is our our scores are so much higher than everybody else's scores, and it's not just you know Chinese and 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 you know Japanese, you know, what, what people would right. be typical. We're talking about also just South. Well, see, the know, thing is, a school like Harvard yeah. is different from a state school. State schools, because they get such a plethora of applications, a lot of times uh, they they run applications through a a, a scoring process, mm-hmm. and it's a personality. They they also have a personality. Right. Uh, At Harvard, it is a multi-layered admissions approach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means your essay, your interview. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to find out which students would benefit the most from a Harvard experience, which student is going to contribute most to the community. Mm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and I think people need to understand that it is a subjective process. It is not, you're not guaranteed admissions. You know, walking into the process that you have, you know, probably less than a 20 percent chance of getting in. Mm. OK, you know that all you, you I mean, so, you know, again, so what if they Harvard to come up with a new emissions criteria? They say, OK, this is what we'll do. We have you compete against all the other other Asian students. Yeah. OK, so. Yeah. So a kid with a four one versus a kid with a with with the four oh nine, I mean, come on, it's yeah, it's it's subjective. Yeah, so true. All right, dude, uh, what you got to wrap? Wrap the show. Uh, man, I got you know just a couple little things, man. Uh, one is about the Supreme Court upholding the uh, the uh, Ohio use it or lose it voter thing. Oh, that is dude. that is. People don't realize how important it is because basically what they've done is now they've given a green light for voter suppression. Mm-hmm. And so the best way that we can do this, guys, is to vote, particularly like now for these off off year elections. That's how they're utilizing. That's how they're purging the rolls. They're looking at who does not vote during off year election, who consistently doesn't vote during off year election, and they're purging the rolls. Okay, so you get knocked off the rolls. Guess what? Now you have to reapply. And now, guess what? The criteria is more stringent than the first time when you applied to vote. Mm. The Constitution does not protect your right to vote from a standpoint of uh, you have to have you you, you 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 you're you're guaranteed to vote. No, Constitution does not protect that. Wow. So so the key and and you mentioned this again. And I want to reiterate this. You got to make sure you vote when there's an election. Period. If you do right. that, you guarantee you don't get wiped off the rolls, the voter rolls. Right. But yeah. because but now that's not that's not applicable Supreme- in every state. But it has because it's been you know the Supreme Court has ruled. Most states are going to go ahead and pick it up. Am I correct? Most, uh, especially the red exactly. states. Exactly. Yeah. You you say, precisely. You 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 say it again, man. Say it again because they don't <laughs> because understand the, it. Because it's the law of the land, according to well, it's not the law of the land yet, but because the Supreme Court has ruled, the red states will go ahead and basically copy that ruling for all their states. That's going to happen. If it's not in your state yet, it's coming. Period. Right. Right. And yeah. um and also as a part of the voting thing tonight um want people to understand that's going to be something I think on CNN or MSNBC about fixing their election. And mm-hmm. they're going to be talking about voter suppression. I think it comes on eight or nine o'clock tonight, MSNBC or CNN, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, something that I would encourage people to watch uh, because you need to understand your vote is protected 
but the constitution does not re require that you, you have to vote yep. and you, you need to vote. Um, another thing, man, I was listening to some people the other day, some older people, and they made an interesting point about the whole um, NFL issue with the kneeling and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you think about it in our society, the most sacred things that we do in our society, we kneel. Mm. Yeah. We pray, we kneel. In church, the most the most important or, or the most momentous, respectful moments of the services requires you to kneel. Mm. So kneeling at the national anthem is definitely is is probably one of the most respectful things to do versus burning a flag. Yeah. And and to say that these young men are not being respectful, come on. When you get on your knees and pray, you you, you putting in a big prayer right there, partner. Yeah. But you know, you know this this was um you gotta look at why. I mean, it, it's all it's all about a, the, right. you know appealing to the base. Right. I yeah. mean, hell, if you even when you be knighted by Queen Elizabeth, you have to kneel. Yeah. I mean, so you know, it's it's kind of ironic how this narrative of kneeling is, is 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 talking about disrespect for these are the same evangelicals who go to the altar every Sunday and uh and profess their love to God on their knees. Yeah. And you know, Randall, you mentioned the evangelicals, the um I I'll I'll give him a little bit of credit. Uh I think Franklin, God, what's his name? Jensen Franklin. Um, one of the uh he's on he's on uh 45's evangelical uh committee. He came out of What's Franklin that? Graham? No, 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 not Franklin Graham. Uh, another pastor. He's a tele televangelist. Uh, been around for a minute. Younger, much uh, younger than uh, Franklin Graham. Um, but he came out and basically indicated, you know, he really, uh, in a way, uh, admonished. He slapped uh, Sessions on the hand for using the Bible uh, to um, as a, as a way to justify what what they're doing with these kids. And he's one of the few voices uh, in the evangelical community that said, look, it's wrong to do this. You know, it, it you know, this is wrong. Um, he said he he's, you know, of course, I mean, he said he still supports the overall mission. Um, but but this is wrong and it needs to be corrected. So. Oh, yeah. Franklin Graham did say that. I'm looking at it right now. He called it disgraceful. Was it Franklin? OK. OK, it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you got the uh, the cardinal from uh, the U.S. Catholic bishops. Okay. And, you know, Jeff Session is a Methodist and the it, person in charge of the Methodist church has also called it a disgrace, too. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I just hope the you know, this is a moral issue, man. And, and one of the things, uh, you know, that I say time and time again, you know, uh, the morality of America has to eventually, you know, step up and 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 call this stuff out. It's Martin Luther King would say the white moderates, the white liberals are got to step up. Yeah, they got to step up. We on the, us progressives on the other end, we, we stepping up all the time. But is the white. White liberals mm -hmm. are the ones that are going to have to step up. Yeah, agreed. I agree. Hey, man, I, I, I just want to piggyback on, on your thing about voting. You got to vote, folks. <laughs> I mean, don't make excuses. I mean, make sure you're registered. And, and if you're not, go online. I'm, I'm even thinking about maybe, you know, the podcast, 
uh, you know, rock the boat and all those things are, you know, kind of passe, but finding something, man, that we can, you know, have on the website to distribute to people to make sure that they know. they This is it's so critical now that we are actively voting because that whole thing about being dormant is real. I mean, they will they will wipe you off in a heartbeat. Uh, these, That's right. You know, and, and, and it's going to happen if you don't vote. So you have to make sure, even if, you know, I think a lot of people are intimidated by uh, absentee voting, things like that. But, you know, it's critical right now more than more than any time ever that we are actively engaged in the political process. So kudos to you. I know you always bring that up. And, and, and I, I agree with you even more so now that it, it, it's important. Man, man, I even vote for the dog catcher. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I get a ballot and I just I just look, I, I they, they will give you a sample ballot. Even if you go to the um, your 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 you know, every area has uh, their their voter. What do you call it? The the voter central uh, wherever it is, voter voter. Go to your, your yeah. state attorney general's yeah, office. You, a can, lot of you can go online to your state attorney general's office, but there's a physical location. Secretary of State, the Secretary yeah, of State. That's sorry, I mean. Secretary of State. And there's a physical location in most communities that you can walk into, uh, especially if you're in Georgia where they do early voting. And you can just go in in a lot of cases and just, and just tell them like, hey, you know, how can I get a sample ballot? And then just go through it on your own and do all that, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to say a uh, shout out to Mike and Tiff, Damn We Grown podcast um, on, on Castropolis. Uh, thank you. Uh, and Dope Black Chick is now, she's now part uh, on the website, on our Castropolis website. Um, and, and thanks, uh, big kudos and thanks to um, uh, the, um, uh, God, the evolving chair. Uh, for being on, uh, you know, greatly appreciate the stuff that she's doing. I'll have her information on our podcast page. Uh, Lakeisha, uh, what's she doing? Is she at Alta Call right now, Ram? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are they still doing it? They still doing the announcements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still. You're right. They still doing the announcements. <laughs> but hey, Just man, up there reading announcements, they, yeah. and, they, and they will say, and fun will be had by all. <laughs> But Lakeisha, thank you so much. And, and she's from Milwaukee, not Cleveland. She said, don't be calling me in Cleveland. All right, Milwaukee it is. And next week, we got a different 50 coming on the show. Ray, you got anything else, man? Nothing much, man. You know, I just wish everybody out there, um, all the fathers out there, uh, both the, the ones who are male and also the female ones who played that role. You know, happy Father's Day. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we wish them the best. And uh, this is your day. You know, take advantage of it because it has an expiration date on it. So, because um, <laughs> yes, it, it will, trust me, it will end. <laughs> so, and, um, and uh, you know, all the young people out there who listen to us, um, you know, I know you're starting early off in your careers and stuff. Uh, things are not dire, but you just need to realize that things are not easy. Yeah. And, um, and that uh, people like Tommy and me, we're here to help you. Yep. And all, all the old people out there, hey, you've been fighting the fight. It ain't time. It ain't time to let let up now. We got to keep it going. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, we're on Twitter at GP3 Homies from the block. Uh, we're on IG at GP3 Homies. Uh, you can search either one. Uh, GP3 RTT at Gmail. All that information is coming up on the voice. Ran. Hey, man. Again, happy Father's Day to you, man, and all the fathers out there. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely say, you know, celebrate the dads, no matter where they are, who they are, what they are, you know, celebrate them. And, uh, you know, y'all have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. 
And with that, that's right. Yep, ninety three is in the can, and we appreciate you listening. Yep, peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SB the G, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.